Greetings, it is Hellcast. The only show saying your top ten of all time must be older than a month. I am Reaper, your host, and I am joined by Jan Redemaker all the way from Germany using the technology to chime in. It is a pleasure to have you on the show, Jan. It's great to be here. Jan's claim to fame has been many bands like Blizzard, Raid Massacre, Miscarriage, From Thy Ashes. Did I leave anything out? No. How about that? I did my <laughs> research. Speaking of Miscarriage, currently Dementia Records is working on putting out your Miscarriage demo. One of the things that's always kind of fascinated me, you know, being a German metal fan, and this has nothing to do with speaking English, but, you know, miscarriage is obviously misspelled, <laughs> as you <laughs> pointed out the one time. But it's it always was interesting to me that, personally for you, why, being in a band, do you opt to sing in English as opposed to just singing in German? Because it was the metal thing. In, at that time, uh, no bands sang in German. Um, it was really later that uh, bands began to sing in German, but um, it was normal to sing in English. And one guy from us um, was really good in English and he, he would make English lyrics, and so we went ahead. Say, if you didn't have that member, would it be otherwise difficult, though, to try to write lyrics in English? Or hell, even forget the difficulty of writing them. Is it hard to sing and perform them? Yeah, but um, the German audience wouldn't know much about it because it's like a foreign language. Maybe a German audience wouldn't know. Where I never thought anything of it, you know, being like a teenager listening to, you know, Creator or whatever German band, especially doing Hellcast. We're trying to have foreign guests come on. Usually they're vocalists. I'm assuming that they obviously know English because they sing it. And you're like, hey, man, you want to come on Hellcast? And they're like, my English isn't very good and I don't feel <laughs> confident enough. And it's like to speak it is all that much different. I would think that it wouldn't be the German crowd that you would, if, if there's any sort of... Uh, you know, confidence level that you need to boost, it would be more so what do the English-speaking crowds think of that? But that really never was a problem or anything? No, no, but you really don't think in that big scales. You have your own uh, fans in, in your own little town or right, little right. city, and, and they are really comfortable um, if you just make it like that. Um, and if we would come up with uh, German links, lyrics, um in, in, in these times, it's maybe normal. I see. Yeah, but yeah. At that times, it, w it wasn't really. It was um, really important to sing in English. I, I see. Do you ever get like an idea though? That's like, hey, you know, this would be really cool, but I almost don't know how to convey it. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of hitting you hard with the the, the lyrical content, which you know you've you know played bass more so with stuff, but you know you've also done vocals and and stuff, especially you know if we're to start from the beginning miscarriage but uh you know have you ever had problems though whether it be yourself or just even other members of the band that's like you know hey i have this lyrical idea or this concept but i don't know how to like put it in the words because well i gotta fucking put it in the english <laughs> luckily not because in miscarriage um sebastian was uh, making the lyrics and he was really good in english he had really good um, lyrics, and with the bands after it, um, the, the lyrics were just more a percussional thing um, than, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can totally understand where you, what you mean, because I was always that way, too, you know, writing lyrics, especially in the earlier day, where it's like, you know, you're playing a zillion miles an hour song, 
So it's like, well, yeah. I got a zillion lyrics to say because <laughs> it's because you're fucking playing that fast. As a lyric writer, even speaking English, writing them in fucking English, I'll hear gibberish in my head. I won't hear. Sometimes I'll hear distinctive lyrics, and I'm like, I want to say that. And then I'll have to write it backward in order to get to that point to say that line. But for the yeah. most part, it's like a James Hetfield where it's just, well, well I'm not doing na-na-na-na's like on some of the, those, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, you know, it's just a bunch of gibberish. And then, you know, you kind of work back. So I know the pattern. I know kind of how, you know, stylistically it, it would be. Uh, but, you know, it's coming up with the words. And Arbite mocked Fry is the the most foreign I've ever been in uh, my lyrics, and that was referring to Auschwitz. So, I would, <laughs> it was it was an easy line. It was a song about the Holocaust. So I, I you know it was it was a kind of easy steal. You know you're, you're taking that. But otherwise, I never had to really think outside the box writing outside of their native tongue, so to speak. But what what interests me too though is the fact you start out doing miscarriage, which you know more like you know death thrash, raid ma- massacre. Blizzard, these bands fall within the death metal, thrash metal genre. In the late 90s, you had done From Thy Ashes, you had played bass, and that was power metal. Hailing in Germany, it only seems suit (laughs) to to be in a power metal band. Like, the country that's a fatherland of metal, you know, everyone knows that Germany is one of the most metal countries, yet there's a lot, just just a shit ton of power metal that comes from Germany. We even played with Ed Guy. Right, you played with Ed Guy. That Ed Guy. Your, your favorite <laughs> shitty name of all time. <laughs> Isn't that not the shittiest name of all time? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I already know the answer, but, and for those listening, going, well, maybe it's a German word. It's not a German word, correct? It's not a German word. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a shitty name. From a, a foreigner looking at Germany, though, and seeing like all these, as I call them, reach for the stars kind of power metal bands. And because, yeah. you know, they're all like, oh, you know, they're all positive kind of stuff. Or maybe they're not, but they fucking definitely sound that way. Um, yeah. From a foreigner's perspective, people are going, well, Germans love power metal. Is that a, do Germans indeed love power metal, or, or or is it a lot of most of the Germans are going? Well, th- th- this shit sucks, and I'm fucking embarrassed <laughs> that we got this. <laughs> no, there are many many Germans who love stuff like Edgar Halloween or Blind Guardian or something like that. But we d- really didn't want to make s- uh, stuff like that. We really were more into Sanctuary or Nevermore. And wanted to make stuff like that a little bit more progressive, a little more um, trashy. Mm-hmm. Um, not not so like the double bass uh, would uh, dominate the whole song. More yeah. harder for me, at least. I always had this perception that you know you think Germany, you definitely think thrash. Then you get to the nineties, you start to think power metal. see i've come to this realization actually that in germany if it's heavy it pretty much flies (laughs) and i noticed that when i was in at a german metal bar and there was a bunch of drunk german dudes singing 
Judas Priest Turbo. <laughs> oh yeah, Turbo. I have a really bad experience about this too because we, play, we played a show at a place where they um, were doing some drugs. They were all on drugs, and Turbo was all the night. They only heard this one song. I I tried to sleep. It was all night. Turbo Lover. Turbo Lover. Turbo Lover. And this guy coming who organized the show. How did you like it here? How did you like it here? I uh, said, I want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would too. It's just funny though, but even like I like people were raging for like some Metallica black end. And I'm like thinking like, I'm, you know, I'm looking at this crowd and they're, you know, they're, you, you got this guy, he's got this fucking trench coat covered in patches. And if that wasn't <laughs> a shit ton of patches, he had the fucking inside of it covered in patches as well. So he could be like, well, the outside's all this today. It's this, you know, he could transform it, whether he just, just by turning it inside out and not. And then, you know, you got all these other guys, denim and leather you know i've never seen a country just more fucking metalized than germany and yeah and then so then but then they're fucking banging to some metallica blackened to where it's like <laughs> it's not as wide-eyed as say turbo but it's kind of like you would think that one of these guys would be like boo like give me something a little more like obscure and like you know fuck i want some pestilence i want some fucking you know protector or something you know messiah or something like that but no they're like fucking like yeah black and black and like they're fucking just they just just didn't give a shit i'm like man like i I always wondered who was buying those records is like i know who's buying those records now germany (laughs) (laughs) like they just like anything heavy i mean is it just a, a guy that's been there for a few days just being at the right place at the right time or is that a true uh analogy of the german metal scene <laughs> maybe um, <laughs> I, I think it's 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 just um the origins I, I, even 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 costs from gospel of the horns is really much into halloween i think the the, the, the bands you start with are a lifetime r- really important to you Mm-hmm. Even if you uh, get to know the, all this underground and all this hardcore radical band. <laughs> <laughs> Crossing the line since 89. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the stuff you, you listen to first, um, you, you will always um, enjoy. Yeah, and, it's uh, interesting. If, if, if it's um, Iron Maiden, if, it, if it's Ed Guy, <laughs> if it's... Uh, <laughs> if it's Tangard, um, it's it's... It's the first bands you will always love most. On the contrary, though, there's also that youthful, you know, mistake that you make where those those bands that you look back and you're like, I never want to admit to ever liking that. <laughs> but it's kind of weird. It's like, well, how did that band not make it into your origin, even though it was at the time of your origin? But now, yeah. you know, I guess have an affinity for Ed Guy. But then if you, you know, liked it just because it was heavy, I don't know, something really shitty. You know, you would never tell anyone, like, I used to have their records. Like You're like, no, yeah. no, I really liked Ed Guy. And, you know, well, I was just a dumb kid, and that's how I got into him. And I still like him today. But I think yeah. anyone appreciates some Halloween and whatever. I mean, I don't know so much about Pink Bubbles Go Ape, but I think <laughs> they, they definitely like Walls of Jericho or, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
that, that are the albums you, you can um, come up with, uh, which are really cool. But um, for me, it was um, Metallica um, Stone Cold Crazy, a cover version. It was the first heavy tune I have heard of. And I was really going crazy for this. And, and, and after that, I uh, got into Metallica um, more serious. But it was a, a Queen cover yeah. uh, that got me into Metallica. Ooh, wasn't that later? Wasn't that like uh, Garage 90s. Days or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I was not a kid um, getting into metal with eight years. Um, I was uh, getting into metal with about 17. Oh, really? Not um, in the kindergartens. <laughs> I was a little <laughs> bit older. <laughs> what do you think it is, though? You have such a high regard to metal in Germany. Like, why Germany? You know? Oh, that's a tough one. Because of some bands, maybe. There's Halloween, there's Running Wild, there's Creator, there's Sodom. Maybe it's 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 an accident. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, that these bands come from Germany and not from Belgium or Denmark or something like that because there there were many many great bands from Denmark and Netherlands as well but um, these bands were on a label which really knew how to market it noise records put out a lot of stuff at the times and it really hitting nerve at the time maybe you're talking about bands that come from the country of Germany so the you know United States or Canada, those are two places that have a lot of reputable bands as well. But yeah. you're comparing a country that is the size of a bigger state in the United States as opposed yeah. to the whole fucking country of the United States coming yeah. out with that much classic material. I mean, yeah. there, there's definitely something in the water <laughs> to be able to, to do that. And, and, and like you said, even with Denmark, how many shitty bands are there in Denmark? Cause I've never really heard a band where I'm like, this is absolute ass, you know, at <laughs> bare minimal, it's, you know, pr usually pretty good Germany with all the festivals that happen there with Bach and open air to the, uh, yeah. keep it true. Um, yeah. I've, I've, there's another one that I'm forgetting what it's Partisan. That's more like extreme death model or exactly. Okay. But really big for death metal. I guess no one person's going to have the exact answer to it, and it's always going to be a matter of one's opinion. But it's an interesting question nonetheless. We will play something from Miscarriage, which, as I had mentioned earlier, that uh, Lucas and Dementia Records is currently working on putting together a, a record release. We'll be taking a listen to Stream of the Eternal Bleeding, Shed some light on it, other than Reaper, shut the fuck up and press play. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first song we ever have written, and uh, we just recorded it because we had we hadn't so much songs after all these years, twenty years it's ago. You look at it, and it's still great because it's the song you first have written, and that's a great thing. And um, I think I believe in every band is like that um that the first song has a special feeling everyone who hears it can feel it well when i hear the first song i ever wrote i just feel disappointed <laughs> so it's glad that you got this legacy so here, so here it is on hellcast
That was our boy, Kevin. That was his band, Graveworm, with Restless Spectre from their CD, Abyss Sorcery, which is now available. Kind of unlike the CDs for Jan's band, From Thy Ashes, huh? I didn't get uh, any copies yet. I told Sebastian from this band if he had any copies in stock. He told me maybe some, but he not never got back to me. I, I really wanted to see it on vinyl. Yeah. Just just for me. I knew that the singer was uh, on the GEMA. You know GEMA? Like Stemra? The fucking protection of the songs. Yes, okay. I dropped him a mail and uh, told him that I would like to um, see it on vinyl and if he can get off this GEMA thing. And he told me, no, it took me a while to get in there. I won't get out there. I fa said, um, fuck it. I, I will never do it. Yeah. Doesn't that piss you off? <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's like, really it's your music just as much as his, you know? You're a part yeah. of the project. I did Reaper Metal Records and kind of, sort of, still do it. And uh, I stopped doing it mainly because I wanted to put out a lot of old stuff that I really liked. I've done Magnus' first album, Scarlet Slaughterer. That was already about seven years ago. And there's been a lot of other releases that I wanted to do. And when I kind of stopped doing Reaper Metal Records, it was because of that, man. Like, you're trying to get a hold of people. And Magnus, and I'm and just to fucking call them out, they're one of them. Because I was going to do all three of their albums. That was at the time before they reformed and put out a new album. I don't even like the third album, Alcoholic Suicide. But I, wa I was willing to just take it for the team because I had that deal. I searched yep. for years, uh, getting in contact, and ended up being with a guy in Germany who I hardly tape traded with or anything. Out of fucking nowhere, got him like, well, I know this Polish guy that knows the singer of Magnus. I'll yeah. try to get in touch with them. And I'm just like, this is going to go nowhere, but hey, it's better than it's the best lead I got. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, like a week later, he's like, Here's uh, Rob from Magnus's phone number. I'm like, great. I know Sebastian, who used to be in Crucify Mortals. He was on Hellcast. He's yeah. from Poland. He knew Magnus back in the day. He speaks yeah. Polish. Called him up. And, that, and there, there we go. We got the Magnus deal going. So the Magnus deal's going. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to put out all three albums. I want to put the demos as a bonus and we'll put a corresponding demo for each album i think they had like three demos or maybe it was four so he's like well i think you should start with the second album i'm like that seems very polish no we're gonna start with in order <laughs> we're gonna start with the first <laughs> album why would we start with the second album he's like well the second album's the best it's like well be that as it may i want to start in order <laughs> that's <laughs> how it is you know Sorry for the Polish stereotype, but some of the stuff that Polish people do is kind of true. And then that would be a prime example of it. But um, so I do the first album, Scarlet Slaughterer. Off the gate, he's like, well, I don't know about putting the demo on there and just, oh, all right. Well, I got bonus tracks of like, you know, the songs sung in Polish. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, you got me on that one. Fuck the demo. Let's put that on there. That's cool. So and that's how that became. So if you get the, the Reaper Metal Records version, it's got the songs from the album sung in Polish. Thought that was cool. cool. And uh, <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, that's out. Let's do the second album, dude. You know, I was watching my death with the uh, Gods of the Crime demo that corresponds with that because it has a lot of those songs, you know. And he's like, well, we want $1,000 for the album. 
and I'll give you three <laughs> songs from the demo. I was like, but it's an eight song demo. And he's like, yeah, well, if you want the rest of this, the remaining five songs, it's going to cost $2. you an additional $2,000, an additional $2,000. So I'm like, what, what is this shit? How, uh, dude, you really are from Poland because this is living up to every fucking stereotype. Five songs from your demo is worth more than your fucking album plus three songs from the demo? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm getting the album and three extra songs for $1,000, but five songs from the demo are $2,000? This makes no sense. I'm not giving you $3,000 for it. I was on board for 1000 but three, get, get the fuck out of here. And so it never came to fruition. And then there was this label called Witching Hour in Poland that reached out to me. was like, hey, I'm putting out the rest of Magnus' catalog. And I was like, great. Glad someone could probably level with that weird, ridiculous $3,000 bullshit for the second album. And he's like, do you want to trade? And it's like, honestly, man, like... That really left a bitter taste in my mouth. It's just so fucking hard to deal with these people. I was like, I have Scarlet Slaughter CDs left. Do you want to just buy them all out? I'll give them to you really cheap. And to my surprise, he was on board with it. So Witching Hour Productions in Poland, he bought my remaining stock. And then nothing you ever heard about Magnus until Magnus, Acceptance of Death, the fourth studio. They return with this. And it's like... Oh, God, was that awful. Get out of the studio. Re- re- return the obscurity. Don't, don't sure. fucking return with more bad music. And uh, a label, Holy Cost Records in the U.S., did eventually put out their third album, Alcoholic Suicide. So yeah. the first album came out on vinyl from Blood Harvest. All this shit, because I fucking... I mean, I don't want to sound arrogant, but because I fucking jump-started it, you know? I, and... Yeah. and now shit's happening and now they're holding off on the second album and then i find out then witching hour who was saying that they were going to put out all their albums doesn't put out shit because they wanted i guess and this might be just a rumor but they wanted ten thousand dollars to oh license their second album i was watching my death <laughs> and so it never came out and then the best part about the end of the story you know what happened the second album did come out with the the full demo as a bonus because someone bootlegged it. So guess what? <laughs> you didn't get shit. <laughs> you could have had $1,000 and some, some CDs if you would have followed through with Reaper Metal Records, but instead you held out, you got greedy, and you fucked it over, and then it got bootlegged, and you didn't get shit. And guess yeah. what? I couldn't be happier. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And, and, that's and, great. That's a great end of story. Yeah, it is because it's the same shit that you're talking about for with from thy ashes. Like, what are you holding out for, dude? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let it be available because vinyl's not going to be popular in the next ten years. I, and if yeah. it is, it's going to be like it was in the '90s. Because I don't know about you. But it's pretty fucking obvious that history is repeating itself. I mean, what what is vinyl got popular? It got bigger and bigger and bigger. What's popular now that's shocking that it's popular? Cassette tapes. What do you think comes next? CDs. So it's like you were going to be repeating this fucking cycle of the 90s. So it's like, dude, I don't know. Strike now when the iron's hot. Like, what are you waiting for? 
because you own yeah. some rights and because it was hard for you to get those rights. So let's not put it out. Like, no, motherfucker, it's music. You created it out of passion. So make it available to people. Like, I'm sick of everyone thinking that their shit's like worth mo- all this money and stuff. It's like, yeah. dude, it's not. It's it's fucking not. I mean, it's it's not about money. It's 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 about passion. And the people recorded the stuff in, yeah. in 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 years when they were really full behind it. Now they fuck it all up. It's it's the same with Incubus. They recorded such a great demo and supernatural death, and yeah. then we we asked them to um, release it, and there comes nothing. Yeah, they, you you feel that they think it's too bad to release and on the same thing you think they are waiting for um a deal like the magnus guys getting ten thousand bucks for a shit like that it's it's really crazy yeah i can't understand and i don't and, and it's not like um you know they're like hollywood stars that like they have an agent that's looking out for them trying to find them the best deal and like people are bidding to buy this record and put it out and stuff it's like no 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 one guy who happened to be in the band is asking about getting copies <laughs> just to make it available. <laughs> copies that already exist, trying to acquire those. Oh, and put it out on vinyl. 500 copies press. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, that's that's not that's not a lot. And it's like, no, no, I want to hold out. Why? Yeah. For what? You know? <laughs> I mean, what are you holding out for? There, there's one guy. There's no, fucking... the, actually, this is, these are two guys because the one who got um, some CDs in stock still is not the guy who have the rights. Right. That's, that's the crazy thing. The one guy who have the rights has no CDs, but um, he wanna still want to own the rights to get some money from from a poor company who will put out 500 vinyls. It's so hilarious. Mm-hmm. The guy who has uh, some CDs left is just, uh, I think, at his parents' house or something like that. He never gets there too often, and it, it takes ages. Oh if my I get God. some some copies, I, I send it to you in, in maybe 10 years. I've heard that story so many fucking times, too, with, with people. Like, you try to reach out, and you're like, hey, I want to get that. You're the guy that's actually going to get it going, and then you're getting these roadblocks. But it's like, yeah, you, you run into that guy like, well, I have them. They're at my parents' house, but I don't know. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Let's, let's slice it. This is the way that I think about it. I've got shit that's not even in my way bothering me. So it's out of sight, out of mind. All right. And some guys coming to me saying, I'm going to give you money for that shit. And all you got to do is drive down there. Well, fuck, I'm getting in the car now and driving down there because it's easy fucking money. Like, what, what, why would you sit on that? Why would you sit on that? That's like some guy being like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you $1,000. What do you got to do? You got to get in the car and you got to drive for 10 minutes. That's all you got to do. I'll give you 1000 Why wouldn't you do that? Why, would, why wouldn't you do that? That's the fucking scenario time and time again. It's laziness. It's stupidity. And it's, it's really the reason for a lot of people's like not being successful and having financial problems in lives because they're fucking idiots. And that's a lot of people, especially now with the reissues and all that stuff, this should come out or such and such label. If you're listening, you know, you should get that to come out. And it's like, 
Dude, these are the reasons why it's not always that simple and why a lot of shit remains in obscurity because the time was there, they pissed away the opportunity, and and then people lose interest because no one, especially an underground label, can really even afford to give royalty payments to license something especially not ten thousand dollars because anyone in the underground sense or small enough to be even on the verge of underground worth ten thousand dollars they're not obscure (laughs) they're fucking out there doing something because their name's worth something but but it's it's so crazy these are the smallest bands who behave like that yeah and we made we made this split with chris uh Um, with his band Violation Wound. And Blizzard it was did. really, really easy. We never even talked about the amount of records we were going to get from Lucas. Lucas from Dementia. Lucas made it. He sent vinyls to us. He sent vinyls to Chris. And we were all happy. We never yeah. even talked about the amount of records. And Chris is easy with this stuff because he's a maniac. He just wants to own his own stuff on vinyl, um, give some out to his friends. And yeah. the same goes for us. I, I don't understand these bands who think they have the holy grail, uh, something like a treasure, and some, someone have to give them really big money for it. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Go go anywhere with your fucking demo. I don't want to have it. I really wrote much emails to um, to Incubus, and they never really um, replied to me properly, honestly. They just replied to me when I did order a T-shirt or something like that. This was the merry-go-round thing. Yeah. Um, it, it just it just goes when you're putting money into it. Like you had with the sultry, it's it's oh, it's, God. it's a shame. It's a shame, <laughs> dude. It, it is, yeah. And, and you're right. I had to take your term once you, when I first heard you say it's the merry-go-round effect. You put money into it, and then it spins. I mean, let's face it too. If you are entitled to some money, let's highball it. Let's say you're getting a thousand dollars for a licensing. That's pretty good for an underground band to get a thousand dollars for a licensed deal. Yeah, that's it. You're gonna hold out, even having your music that you did years ago for passion, because yeah. you want to get more than a thousand dollars. I mean, it's cool when you get a thousand dollar check, but it doesn't last very long. I mean, that isn't gonna really take care of shit. You know, yeah. Uh, you, you, you write you write that to them. Your mortgage payment, you're done. You're, you're fucked. That that was it. That 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 got you. That didn't even get you by for a month. That just got off you the hook, off the hook for your mortgage payment for that month. But you still got groceries, motherfucker. You still got a, a heating bill. You know, it's like it doesn't mean shit at the end of the day. So like, why would you hold out for this money? It's not like I mean, if you were playing a freaking arena show and then all you got was a thousand dollars, then I could see why you would hold out for the next arena a show like well motherfucker you made a million dollars getting by ticket sales and all i got was a thousand and now you want me to work for another thousand so you can make more millions then that's a renegotiation but hey you want to get something that we did for free back in the day and we did out of passion and you want to give me copies and i'm I'm just gonna hold out fuck that i don't i don't want it available because that's the only alternative then either either i get paid 500 measly copies are going to be out there to make, I guess that to some people is jumpstarting this giant fan base, which really it's not, or it's never going to be available to anyone ever again, thus going further and further into obscurity. I mean, it's like, dude, why did you record it then? 
Why would you ever yeah. record something? Like, why could we please just rewind 10 years then when we were recording this so we couldn't record it then? Because what was the fucking point if we were just going to put it on a shelf and no one could ever hear it? You know? Yeah. Because that's yeah. the sake of recording. It's to live on when you're gone. I mean, no one's going to be jamming it when you're gone. In fact, that might be the only way they're going to be jamming it because you're the asshole holding it up. And now that you're dead, hey, we can finally put it out. But no one's going to care then because now it's going to be 30 years in obscurity, not 20 as it is now, you know? Yeah. People, they don't fucking think that way. And it really, really annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. And and these Incubus guys, they, 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 they can't use their name anymore. They are now called Opropium. Supernatural Death is so aggressive, so fast, so great. After the demo, they put out uh, Serpent Temptation on Brutal Records, and it was great too. It was a little bit um, calm, more calm. It was not so not so aggressive, like yeah. like with every first album. The first album is a little bit calmer, like the first demo. It's yeah. mostly like that. I think this was would be so great to put out this demo, but uh, they wanted out because uh, they think their singer of their times was not good. But Scott we later Latour or later was great. Mm-hmm. I think he was great. He was other uh, another singer like Francis, but um, he was really great and um, he was perfect for the demo. Yeah, so I, I really don't get it why they w- don't want to release it. They just have to get uh, get out some photos, some 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 lyrics, some stories, or something like that. Why can't they uh, just get this stuff out and make the fans happy? Right, and especially nowadays because it's going to be out there whether you like it or not. It might not be something as potentially monetary as someone bootlegging it and then selling it. But, you know, ripping the uh, demo tape and putting it on YouTube, you know what I mean? So people are going to hear it one way or another. So you might as well just do yourself the respect and be passionate and, and rekindle that passion and, and love for it, it. It has your name on it. You know what I mean? Would, would, yeah. would you rather someone posting it on YouTube sounding like fuck or would you rather being on board with someone putting out the demo tape on a nice vinyl reissue that you can be the one that oversees its production and make sure it's done right? It sounds good. It's a good transfer. It's got good photos. They don't fuck up your name. They don't put, you know, it's stupid stuff like that. But instead, you know, they're just going to let it be out there. And it's like, you don't really have a choice anymore. And these people seem to think that they do. I don't really understand the mindset at the end of the day. And it's it's just, it's very, very fucking frustrating. I have a good friend of mine. Um, he's always doing mas- mastering for bands like Disaster or uh, oh, okay. he even mastered the, the, the demos from Dark Throne. And mm. he, is, he has a name. He's called Angel of Doom or he's he's really good at his stuff. And yeah. he's also a big, big Incubus uh, fan. And he, he told me he will make it for free. And he'll, I told he'll, the guys, he'll remaster it for free. Yeah. If he would get um, from them the original tape, just for himself to yeah. hear it, to listen to it, right. not to get money out of it, just to have the good recordings to bang his head, yeah. to have some good music. Yeah, and it, there's no money in it from from, from him. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really crazy. But they don't react. You can post the mails to them, and they don't react like they don't even give you the um, the respect of telling you no 
they just don't reply. And yeah, they just don't reply. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty shitty because I'm not that kind of person that when you go see a band and you ask them for an autograph and maybe the guy was a little rude. I'm a human. I understand that, you know, he's he well, he's from the United States. He's playing in a foreign country. He maybe he's jet lagged. He's not in the best of moods because he's tired or something. That's not gonna break my opinion of the band because he kinda sorta treated me shitty in person because there's a lot of things that could happen. But yeah. he's at home on his own turf, on his own time, answering emails and he doesn't even reply to something as simple as, hey, I'm a fan, I really like your music, and I want to see it put out properly and not on YouTube so that you can listen to the, you can enjoy the demo through, you know what I mean? Because some dude has like a, a 20th generation tape that was recorded over a Beastie Boys tape, you know, so you hear Beastie Boys in the background, you know, no, and then you hear fucking incubus over top of that, and then it's it's so fucking bad, so it's just on the incubus tape I version I have, there is a handy finding net. You know what I mean? I it's really hilarious. Um, it's 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 um like a, a mobile phone finding the net <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay it's got a digital interference <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 really really shitty and that's and, all you're uh, wanting you just want a fucking copy without that you know yeah, i mean yeah yeah exactly and i i did send them my my vest with a incubus beyond the unknown back patch they never replied but they put it on their fucking facebook page with many likes from their fans. And I did send them um, photos from my Beyond the Unknown tattoo. They put it on their fucking Facebook sites with many likes, but no reply to so me. So clearly they're I'll flattered. So why are they are why are they any more flattered about a guy with a back patch and a tattoo than that same guy saying, hey, I got it all lined up for you. All I need you to do it's even more effortless than posting it on Facebook, motherfucker. All you got to do is say, yes. <laughs> yes, you can put it out. <laughs> you don't have to sit there for a minute or however long that it took you to take the picture from your email, save it to their hard drive, log in the Facebook, then upload it to Facebook, put a cute little remark like, this is a fan's back patch. That's all. I mean, just describing that that took a while. I mean, yeah. hey, can I can I got a guy that's gonna put in put it just gonna remaster it, gonna do all the legwork for you. I got a label lined up for you. All you gotta do, bro, is mail a tape and say yes. Yes. And, no, and it's can't crazy. Do that. I think um, the people from these days, this hungry band Incubus, would have been re- very proud to see this release but now these fat guys from today are destroying <laughs> everything <laughs> well they got christian didn't they uh i don't know uh even if they are <laughs> i'm easy with <laughs> i mean you know believe in what you will but sometimes the whole christ thing does ruin stuff <laughs> i dude i almost wonder if that is the reason why they won't get back to you about putting out the demo. Because I'm almost positive that Incubus, the Serpent Temptation album, that has two recordings, right? Yeah. 
with new vocals. It's 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 shitty. I thought they changed lyrics too and like yeah. song titles and stuff and yeah. i want to say that it was because it was more because it, they didn't like the satanic lyrics it was kind of remember when um sepultura did anti-cop instead of anti-christ do you, <laughs> do you remember that no but it's great <laughs> yeah because max cavalera found jesus when i don't know someone he knew got killed and that's why he did like Soulfly and all that because that oh. was what he deemed to be like you know what um in memory of that guy that died i got this really awful band Soulfly. <laughs> like great that's what i want to be fucking when i die no one make a fucking band like that for me don't make a band for me you know put out in- put out the incubus demo please <laughs> Dude, or, or go in my catalog and find the music i put up serpent temptation uh i'm a little more unfamiliar with well, when it comes to Incubus, I know Beyond the Unknown the best. Um, yeah, that's a, the best record. But but m- m- some people all also think the first one is the best. Best, but the, the, the first one is more a little bit grind influenced or death metal influenced, and uh, the second one is, is is a trash metal masterpiece. Speaking of Incubus, we're obviously talking about the one from Louisiana. Yeah. Now I remember it was fucking hilarious. Because when I was a nunslaughter, we had a band did a, uh, took a band photo, and Jim the drummer was uh, really proud to bust out an Incubus Serpent Temptation shirt. I say yeah. a Incubus rather than his Incubus shirt, and I'm not going to go into why. <laughs> but put two and two together. Anyway, he was really excited to bust out a Incubus Serpent Temptation shirt and wear it for the band photo. So there's a nunslaughter photo for the Hex era of Jim wearing that and um there was like a message board or something that i stumbled across someone was like nunslaughter wow real underground the one guy's got an incubus shirt pardon me what a real metal band and it's like dude you're a fucking idiot you're a fucking idiot and why isn't everyone like internet typewriter toughen guy and like how fucking much of an idiot you are on this message board there's like how many incubus band metal bands legitimate metal bands before there was that pop awful there's more incubus bands i didn't even i didn't even know there was more than i I mean I, i i guess it's it's pretty obvious that there would be more than just three, but there was definitely three that I always knew about. The one from Florida with Mike Browning, the one from yeah. Louisiana, and then the one from Australia, which was also Spectral Birth. Yeah, uh, exactly. I didn't I didn't know any other ones, did you? No, um I, I know the the one from um from Mike Browning and the one from Australia, which yeah. is, which is a great one too. Yeah. Now they went on. They did change their name to be Spectral Birth, or that was just what their demo was called. Yeah. Uh, no, no, they changed their, their, their name to Spectral Birth. I, I I have this split LP. Um, the uh, KK Waslat put it out on his label. Yeah, I have that same. Uh, I have that same one. It's on a. It's like a clear vinyl. I think. Ah, I, I have to check it out. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. Yeah, I and I um, with a great great artwork. Um let's see if my memory serves me right. No, I have the black one. I uh, it, it probably is black. I'm just fuck, I'm going to check mine. <laughs> but but it's but it's uh, limited to 200 uh, 330 copies. It's it's really rare. I'm going to check and see if mine has, uh, if it's unclear or what. 
I want to. I, I probably can pull that out of my ass. All right, here we go. <laughs> the reveal. I I I think it's black. <laughs> You're thinking it's black. We're gonna get a Hellcast bet going here. For anyone listening, here's <laughs> cue the drum roll. Black, yeah. So whatever, whoever bet on Jan wins whatever they bargained for. I'm not. I'm giving out cookies, <laughs> stale ones. <laughs> so well, anyway, I don't know where I got color, but yeah. So incubus. <laughs> There's a lot of them, and the spectral birth one's really good. Hey, we should. I'm going to play that on the show. Here's incubus. I don't know what's demented lust. Demented lust. So here we hear it. You heard it on Hellcast.
Yeah, no one, no one from Incubus was, you know, holding out like, well, we want to wait and hold, you know, get a thousand dollars or whatever the fuck. It's like, no, go and do it. And, and here I it think, is. I think they got thirty copies, and that was it. But isn't I mean, isn't that great, man? You know what I mean? Like, okay, so if you, I mean, who wouldn't want a, a simple paycheck for doing nothing? Or at least for getting paid, you know, however many years later for doing something. But, I mean, it's just so cool when, you know, who has that? Imagine being at a party, you're sitting around with a bunch of douchebags that, you know, you're, (laughs) or yeah, yeah, you're at a random party, meet a bunch of random people, everyone's a douchebag but you, (laughs) and, you know, and they're talking about how cool they are because, you know, they like such and such sporting event or and got really trashed and beat up the guy that was wearing the jersey of the opposing team. And you're not impressed at all. But then you bust out the card. Well, hey, I'm in a band and here's my fucking record. Enough said, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. They, no, you don't see that every day. A guy that's been on a record, you know, what I mean, like yeah. there's a reason why people are attracted to celebrities because, you know, they're you see them on TV, you see them, you know, this or that or this on the big they screen something. Yeah. So, well, you see this guy, he's on a record. His, his music is immortalized forever. Like, why wouldn't you want to make that available to people? I don't fucking yeah. get it, man. Someone asked me, me someone asked me about doing, putting out stuff. I, I'm excited. The only thing that holds me up is fucking time. Like, well, I, I got to dig for it. That, that, that might be a project. If you got time, yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> it might be a while, <laughs> but we'll do it. And, and it, usually it happens, but it, it takes a while. <laughs> so much like this interview. <laughs> but uh, Jan has put out records. He's not thinking about it or, well, I got to ask the guy or fuck, just no reply. No, actually, it already came out in 2009. The Roaring Tanks of Armageddon. Here's Blizzard with Tank Commander. Trouble to fight in the long 
fuck when some people are sitting around thinking eh, i don't know about getting one record out this motherfucker's got two records out in totally different genres because that was raid massacre jan's death metal band with zombie gut fuck it has returned and it has grown hell's headbash part two the Hell's Headbangers 15-Year Anniversary Festival. This Labor Day weekend, Friday, September 4th through Sunday, September 6th at the world-famous Cleveland Agora, featuring Midnight, Inquisition, Acid Witch, Death Hammer, Profanatica, and for their first American appearances, Satanic Warmaster and Destructor. Plus, October 31, Archgo, High Spirits, Bone Hunter, Bats, Abysmal Lord, Cemetery Lust, Prosanctus and Fury, The Lurking Corpses, Perdition Temple, Deofago, Deceased, Sacral Curse, Evil Army, Blood Feast, Haunting Presence, Cyanide, Helvetron, Black Witchery, Nile Bliss, Shitfucker, Grave Worm, Demonic Christ, Evangelist, Nocturnal Blood, Exor, Manicore, Embalmer. Tickets on sale now at hellsheadbash.com. You know, when you think death metal, sometimes that, that, that can imply a few different things. You know, you obviously you have your brutal death metal, then you have the classic kind of death metal. But then there's a thin line of bands that they weren't exactly brutal death metal bands. They weren't exactly classic. They were just in between, you know. They were trying to take things to the next level. Disastrous Murmur is one that kind of comes to mind. Pungent Stench. You know, stuff like that, they were definitely taking things to the almost, I guess, carcass level of putting dead bodies and shit on their cover and making it more of the the sick aspect as opposed to just doing like what Cannibal Corpse or more simplistic death singing about zombies. They were actually putting it more and more uh, shockingly in their imagery because it was real photos and stuff and, you know, disastrous murmur. Kind of did that later then with their later records, but not so much on the first record, which we were both just saying we actually liked, you know, Rhapsodies in Red. With that being said, death metal kind of took a turn where, you know, it obviously started out in a similar vein of thrash using like Rebka artwork where obviously death did that and so on and so forth, where, you know, you you had drawn covers. You ventured then where Carcass started using dead bodies and, and doing, you know, what they did. And, you know, a lot of bands then started copying that, you know, exhumed a shit ton. 
now it seems like you have the thrash bands that are going like, hey, we got Ed Repka to do our cover art. And, you know, you're getting that same lame Ed Repka cover art where he's using pink and baby blue and like all these non-metal covers that everyone still does not seem to be like, that's a problem. That's still, that's so fucking cool though, dude. But you don't really have that band that is like doing that death metal cover like like an ever-flowing stream where you look at it and you're kind of like, that's a cool cover art, but it's it's more than what you just see at glance. You got to like really look at that cover. Could you really tell me what exactly like an ever-flowing stream has on its cover? With all this resurgence, what band is really implementing that style of death metal cover artwork anymore i can't really think of any yeah there were names like dan seagrave andreas marshall who did the obituary cover artworks it was a name dropping thing like the morrison studio was for recordings dan seagrave was one of them and Chris Moyen um, got more famous for the Beherit or Blasphemy artworks or Incantation. And what I think is really strange that Vince Locke was only uh, hired from Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, exactly. I really understand. Well, I, Rain I Massacre. Of, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not to mention, <laughs> I, I really can't understand it because um, why do all these bands use Dan Seagrave or Chris Moyen, but not Vince Lucky. Even further to that question, it's like, why isn't anyone bringing that style back? They're just continuing to use, like Chris Moyen's obviously broadened his genres, like where he was, like you said, you know, it was more like Beherit and black metal, where now, you know, he, you know, you'll see his artwork on a death metal cover. You, you'll see a death metal band still doing the real photo cover, but no one's really bringing like that old artwork piece back. I mean, there's definitely bands that are doing like the old artwork piece, but it's always usually the simplistic thing where it's like, you know, demons doing something or other, some sort of blasphemic thing, but nothing like clandestine where you look at it and you're like, what exactly is on that cover? You know, it's more thought provoked. Yeah. Yeah, as the gold saying goes, is don't judge a book by its cover. It's yeah. interesting how much you can judge a book by its cover. Because, you know, <laughs> when you see a band like Disastrous Murmur, when they started to go on and start to implement the, uh, I don't know, the shit and piss metal. <laughs> you know, all death metal bands, they started to do more, where they're starting to, you know, like abscess and stuff. Or, you know, they're starting to venture into shit and piss. And then they started putting that kind of artwork on their cover like yeah. that for me was a lot of the reason why I had really it took me as long as it did to ever listen to Disastrous Murmur to then realize that hey you know the first album is good but I always assumed that they were just a shit and piss kind of metal band you know what I mean like it, it yeah. really could that that reputation could really kind of be a detriment to a band's catalog if especially yeah. if you're like going back on it I mean of course I take a band serious um, when the artwork can speak to me. If an album is called Daily Toilet Torturing or something like that, <laughs> and there's a shitty cover, um, I, I won't buy it, even if there's the greatest music on it. It's, it's, it's crazy, but um, it's like that. The old saying has some truth to it, 
But at the end of the day, as much as people can bear that in mind, everyone's still going to fucking judge that book by its cover. But still, no one seems to be you know, going in that direction where I think that, especially nowadays, that they, they could definitely you know, be doing a Dan Seagrave kind of style. And I'm sure there's bands out there that have done it, but it, it yeah. just doesn't seem, it didn't seem to have caught on like uh, when the thrash thing was happening, you know, around 2005, 2006, where everyone was like, fuck yeah, we used Ed Repcons. Like, <laughs> and, and? <laughs> at least for me, you know, it'd be cool to see that because to me, the definition to the classic death metal era, you know, there's a lot of ground to cover when you say classic death metal, you yeah. know, and, and, and which could be so for just using the term classic for anything. But I think especially so when you say classic death metal, because you have so many different variations from a lot of the different countries that were attempting it. You know, you do have where the American scene was more brutal, I guess, like, you know, Cannibal Corpse and stuff. That style, you know, focusing on uh, just being grotesque, where the Swedish scene, not so much the grotesqueness. But the fact of just the heaviness and the sound, you know, mm. and then I think the German German scene definitely fell probably more influenced by the American scene only with its own kind of influence to it. Yeah, maybe. But um, in, in Germany, there were, weren't too many bands um, who were really creative and uh, outstanding um, to my mind only comes atrocity with hallucinations and Todessehnsucht in English longing for death Morgoth of course other bands were just copycats maybe Torture is another band but uh, they are not good for me there were, weren't too many death metal bands I think there there were so many trash metal bands. Um, it, it was a li- kind of a generation thing, maybe. What was your attraction to death metal? Start doing Raid Massacre. All these suffocation-influenced bands came up with, like, Devourment or so. We, we, we really liked that at that time, and we wanted to come up with something like that. <laughs> It's really crazy because the first demo was really influenced by by all these suffocation influenced bands. After that, my brother um, went away, and I really got back to the real sound of death metal, meaning the old bands from the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. like Autopsy and stuff. Are you responsible for his fascination for metal? or did No, no. we really got um, into metal at the same time. He's three years uh, younger than me and we got into metal at the same time. He was really into Mobile Angel. Had to make an order at E-Rake. It's really uh, a contrast to these days because he had to change the money into pounds and and really sent the pounds into a letter to Iraq and months of waiting we were really uh, thinking of if he really would get something (laughs) (laughs) and he really got a huge uh, mobile inch poster but three months you couldn't say if he would get something or not it was really great 
You can't believe it today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I remember that, and that's that's fucking funny because it's you know you're you're talking about going from England to Germany. It's like it's it's not as far as from England to the states, but yeah, that that was just you know you you buy something then and you're I I don't the trust and yeah. I mean people pulled through though still. I remember, you know, when surface mail still existed, and it would take months. I mean, three months to arrive, and when it fucking arrived, man, you were a kid at Christmas. It, it smelled like fucking sea, seaweed. You don't know where it, was, it where it had been, but all you know, it's at your front door now, and it's got all the contents that you were just you heard about. It was the coolest thing, and it's not as exciting yeah. at, at, at anymore. <laughs> like that that's true <laughs> <laughs> but it can be a pain in the ass too oh <laughs> totally send too much money and not knowing if you will get something you know i don't know if everyone listening would be aware of the fact that you know germany's got some weird ass laws and especially when it comes to getting mail with the customs and stuff and yeah. it's and probably more popularly known that you know germany with Cannibal Corpse, to keep it on a more mainstream level, you know, Cannibal Corpse wasn't allowed to, what, play, just play the song Hammer Smash Face or the whole record of Butchered at Birth? Or was all, it just, all, the, all the free first albums. There's that at play. As a fan, living in Germany, what goes through your mind when, when you hear something like that? Are you, are you let down? It was really hilarious. This um, hyperactive teacher... Christiana came and um, thought she, she she would make a good thing. It, it, she would ban the, 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 the three first albums of Cannibal Corpse. And it was hilarious because um, the band was there and couldn't play. It was really, it's really strange. And I met um, Alex Webster at these days um, and, and talking with him and um, all the bands could play, but Cannibal Corpse not. <laughs> and it it was really strange, but and the and the band has otherwise been dissolved. That they can play those songs now. Up to this day, I think they can't play tunes from the first three albums. So but they they have so much more now, so they can play live in Germany now. It, it's really hilarious because um, what is happening on the the albums afterwards? It's the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just find it even funnier that. You know, here is the same country banning Cannibal Corpse albums, essentially something that isn't exactly spelled out. And if it is spelled out through artwork, it's done through artwork. So it's cartoonish. But yet, yeah. in the same exact country, bestiality that's legal. <laughs> it's yeah. like, how does. Yeah. And, and I didn't know that until I was there, that someone was telling me that. And I'm just like, how does that work? Like, that, that just seems very backward to me if that isn't fucked up enough you always hear that whenever you send a package to germany from the united states there's always problems with customs like you just get a high taxation and stuff is that something that you've experienced a lot yourself or it's always a pain in the ass to get a package from the usa because customs really wait for it i guess um i got a um a diehard version from chris uh rifled one day um from the demos from nuclear one hour yeah. i i don't know if you you know it and yeah. um they they um 
sent me a letter that they have um, a package here and I should come over. Even if it's not um, classified, um, it's it costs that and that price, they won't give it out. And then I got there and this customs asshole um, sat there and said, um, I've checked the internet and this thing costs about 150 euro. You have to pay that and that price. And I told him, it's a present. What do you think? Should something send me a present and should write on it what, what it's worth? And uh, he told me yes. Wow. Yeah. So I had to pay his price and could take away my parcel. Does that uh, discourage you from, you know, getting metal from abroad? Yeah. It's it's, it's really crazy. Um, they, these customs offense uh, guys only want one thing. They want to have a price on the parcel. So, so they can act. If the parcel is $15, they take... 10%, you still have to pay them $5. Wow. So, so, so they have $5 income, they take their 10% and then you, you can t take your package away. And if there's nothing on it, they make their game. You know, having personally dealt with uh, sending packages to Germany and stuff, the Germans are obviously very avid about like, hey, you know, claim a low customs value and also send a fake invoice. Now, how yeah. exactly on the recipient end, what exactly do they do with that fake invoice? They just like, they, they look at that and they're like, oh, okay, well, since that company gave me a fake invoice, it's good to go. I mean, they yeah. obviously don't know it's a fake invoice, but you would think that if they're going on the internet looking at what was otherwise a present to you and finding the uh, value of it and then taxing you appropriate, that they would have the smarts enough to be like, well, hey, This is probably a, this is a fake invoice that you could just say that this company sent to you when they never did, but they don't give you such slack. No, they they want their invoice, and um, if it's fake or not, it's not important for them. It's it's crazy. <laughs> acquiring, I can't believe acquiring metal internationally uh, in Germany <laughs> can be otherwise a very painstaking task. It sounds like. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but always remember that metal is easy to acquire and especially when you refer to the hellcast playlist which is at hellsheadbangers.com slash hellcast but you don't have to pass customs or any bullshit other than a ticket booth when you come to the hell's head bash so hopefully if you haven't gotten them already get your tickets for hell's head bash part two i will be there so if We run into each other. I suppose we could exchange greetings, and I will accept free beer. But that's all we've got this time. Closing the show is a track from Bone Hunter, a new release from Hell's Headbangers. The CDs and the cassettes are available, and they will be playing Headbash. Uh, the LPs will be out soon, hopefully in time for Headbash. But if not, blame it on the fucking manufacturer. We're going to hear the song Deviler. And then Anal Vomit has a new album, and I was rather interested to hear it because I wasn't really that big of a fan of the uh, previous album, but their new album, Peste Negra, Muerte Negra, and that is the only Spanish you're going to have to endure from me because I picked the only song in English on the album, Obsessive Sexual Slaughter, and then we're going to wrap the show up with 
Barathrum or Barathrum, however you want to say it. It seems to be something that was reissued and something I wanted to check out, so I figure why the fuck not play The Blasphemer on Hellcast. This has been Hellcast. I am Reaper. You can get a hold of me at Hellcast at Hellsheadbangers.com and, well, I already got rid of Jan, but it was a pleasure to have you on the show, Jan. We'll talk to you next time.
I'm not a liar. 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 I'm not